and welcome to Jay Chats the Podcast Season 2. Now, this first episode is going to be all of the questions that you guys have sent me. Now, I'm not going to lie, some of these have ranged from really good, deep, emotional questions to really, really fucking weird questions. Um, I won't get into them because the idea is that I'm going to answer them all. Um, so I'm going to do a couple today. There was loads, so I'll probably do another one of these if people want me to um, answer the rest of them. Now, um, this season's a little bit different because we are recording the episodes and we're going to be putting them on YouTube. Now, unfortunately, I made this decision after I recorded some of the episodes for this season. So, um, not all of them will be on YouTube, but all of them will be available on all your all good streaming sites. Um, streaming sites, is that the right thing? Like, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah... Obviously, links will be on the on the Instagram, and you can just search up Sandy Wrights everywhere, and you'll you'll find everything. Um, first question was sent to me by my cousin Ro. You've seen him on the first series um, about the hip hop uh, of the two thousands, um, and his question is, what were the biggest challenges that I faced growing up as an ethnic minority? And I thought about this a fair bit, and I think there's a couple of things here. Um, I mean, just before I do want to carry on with this this is a lockdown bid this isn't a new look I can't wait to get rid of it so if you lot see me in human real life form after this this is all going to be gone and I apologise if I keep poking it because it is doing my nutting um, anyway so back to Rose's question about the biggest challenge faced I think one of them was kind of identity because I think when I was growing up um not by my like my my family or even necessarily my close mates, but a lot of people would just see brown and just assume brown, and they'd mix up cultures and they'd mix up um, potentially even religions. Um, and to them, if you was brown, you was just brown, and it was just one amalgamation of all brown culture, brown religions, um, brown everything. So I think there were some parts of it when I was growing up that was weird because. I didn't understand some of the things I was getting asked or, or getting thrown at me, um, but they expected me to know them because I'm brown, and obviously because I'm brown, I should know everything about every single brown person. Um, but I think the other thing was um, kind of about letting others into our culture. Now, I don't know if any other minorities, minorities, BAME, whatever you want to call it, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm a massive fan of BAME, but I think that's a whole other thing. Um, but I don't know if like people of colour find this themselves as well. That um, especially when they were younger, there was a little bit of hesitation about letting people into our culture. Um, I mean, with me, the food never was an issue because everyone tends to like Indian food. But the other aspects of it was a little bit strange. Maybe potentially the language, because I know when I used to try. I mean, I don't speak Punjabi amazingly. I understand it really well, but I don't speak it amazingly. Whenever I did try and say it to anyone, they'd either be taking the piss saying it back to me, or they'd not be trying to take the piss, but it sounds like they're taking the piss. Um, and it's just something I struggled with, which is probably, actually, actualization. Um, one of the reasons that I didn't go dead deep into trying to learn the language, because I feel like maybe... It wouldn't have gone down well because I didn't have too many Asian mates when I was going. I had a couple. I had a couple of really close ones. Um, but yeah, mm, well, apparently I'm 
discovering revelations <laughs> while I'm answering this. Never mind, who needs therapy? Um, and then along with that, with the languages and stuff, um, I feel like people wanted to know, but didn't really know how to ask about it as well. Because I went to, if you, if you are, if you know me, you know I went to a very white school, and um, while I did get racism, obviously, um, the the group of mates that I stayed with, and um, and you know even down to my tutor group, I can I can quite comfortably say. I can't think of anyone in my tutor group that was that was bad like that, that was racist or or if they asked a question, asked it in a bad way that I can remember. I mean, I remember the school putting all of us children of colour um, on the same table a couple of times and all this other sorts of mental stuff that I'm sure I've getting got into in other podcasts. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if they did that on purpose to help us fit in. I don't know whether um, they... They just thought we were, or we didn't care because we were mates. So we was like, oh, cool, we sat with our mates again, so it's not a problem. Um, yeah, I got a lot of racism in school, out of school. Um, I mean, yeah, I could go on about it for ages, but yeah, there was a lot that I got, and I'm sure every other person of colour would have got a fair bit as well. Um, and I think all of that kind of just stems it into this whole idea of being different and and knowing you're the minority and i think when i kind of embraced that difference and i was just like yeah cool i'm different i'm just gonna own it i don't care i'm not bothered at all i think it helped i think i felt better with it as well um but yeah again bro i feel like this is a whole a whole podcast that a whole episode i could do but i'm just gonna leave that there so i don't i don't ramble on too much um but yeah that's that one now this next question is from a mate of mine, Matt Green. If you know him, this question will make complete sense. Um, it's a little insight into his brain, I think, as well, but here we go. All right, man, another quick question here for you. The first person to eat an egg or milk a cow, genius or weirdo? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I used to... I used to just solely, I used to drink like four pints of milk a day. I now don't drink any milk, which some people find mental. If you know me, you think me not drinking milk anymore. I drink oat milk because I don't know. It I think it actually tastes better. It's better for me, etc., etc. Um, first person to eat an egg or drink milk. Genius or weirdo. Do you know what? I'm going to say, I think there, they were straddling the middle of the genius weirdo border. Um, is where I'm gonna go with that because I actually I'm not sure are they a genius. I mean I think they're a genius. Yeah, no, fuck it, they're a genius. Milk's good. It was good. I think oat milk's better now, but eggs are good. I like a good egg. Like toast, fried egg, cheese, hash brown, ketchup, toast, eggy bread, omelets, bacon I could bake with. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna go with genius. That's what that's what I'm going with there. Um, next one is from my mom, actually. So I've not heard this one yet. Let's see what it says. Jay, how have you got to nearly thirty and still can't manage to make round <laughs> rookies? 
<laughs> um, those of you that don't know, a, a roti is like a chapati that you would get from a takeaway, like a thin one. Um, for a minute there, I thought she might have been attacking the fact that I'm not married and nearly 30 and trying to set me up um, on shaddy.com or something ridiculous like that. But, I mean, because the thing is I can cook. I can cook a lot of things. Um, why can I not cook? <laughs> why can I not cook? Bake? Cook? Ah, whatever it is, make round roti. I'm gonna go with because I mean my mum has tried to teach me and I've just not wrapped my. Do you know what? That's my 2021 goal. There you go, people. Episode one of the podcast. That's my goal. I'm gonna learn to make them round, perfectly round. Um, although I think I might prefer triangle ones because that's what my nanny makes, and I think I prefer the taste of the. I mean, I don't think the taste makes any difference, but I think I just prefer a triangle one. Um, Anyway, yeah, thanks for baiting me out to everyone, Mum. Thank you very much. <laughs> Next one was actually another one that was texted to me, um, and this is from my auntie, Amita, um, Rose Mum, actually. Um, and she, ahead, she said, who and how do I decide on which podcast topics are chosen? Um, now, there's no rhyme or reason to this. Some things I've sat and thought, I want to make an episode about this. That'll be a good episode. Um, I w or I might even go, I want to talk to this person. I think this person will be interesting to talk to. Or, it, it's, I've been at the pub before. This is obviously in between and pre-lockdowns and sat talking to someone and been like, do you know what, actually? That would be a really cool conversation that I think people would want to hear. Um, and then sorted it out from there. And then from there, I've actually had some people suggesting ideas to me, um, suggesting people to me, which is all good. Then if I, if I think they're good ideas then I'll work on trying to get them on. Um, and then over this next season, we've actually got loads of varied, like a lot of varied guests on, um, from YouTubers to uni students, um, musicians, artists, general creatives. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot coming up and I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite looking forward to and quite proud of the season that I've got, that I've got sorted out now. Um, but yeah, I, th I hope that answers your question. There's no real rhyme or reason. If anyone wants to listen to, listen to, if anyone wants to hear a particular topic or a particular person, send them my way and I'll pull them on or I'll figure out how we can do that. Um, yeah, cool. Next question is from a long time friend, um, Zach, and he's been on season one. He's definitely on season two. And there might be a couple of things that we've got brewing as well, so keep an eye out. What lessons have you learned from the first series of podcasts? Okay, nice question. What lessons have I learned? Because, um, you know, to be fair, I mean, I know I sound all professional in that when I'm doing these, but I haven't done a podcast. I've listened to loads of them, but I've never made one. I had to research all of that. And um, I think anyone that's making one or thinking about making one, a few of the things that I learned was be consistent, be consistent with what you're doing. You've got to stick to doing it weekly or bi-weekly. Um, try and stick to a time that you're doing it. Try and stick to a way that you're letting it out. Try and stick to the pictures and the layout and everything, just kind of being very similar because it helps you, but it also helps the people listening as well. Along with that, I'd say just let your natural energies and let your natural selves shine through it. Like I, I've, I've had a lot of feedback from season one and people just saying it just feels really natural it just feels like you're talking to your friend and you're just chatting about something that you chat about anyway which is how I wanted it to feel that's why 
it was called J Chats. Kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, so just let those energies feel through and let those naturals, naturals, naturalness, naturalness. Let the let the natural. I mean, it's not like I'm I'm a wordsmith or anything, but um, where did I fucking just say that? Um, let your natural you shine through the episodes and people will enjoy it because you're just being you you're not trying to be something you're not trying to be um i don't even know if that made any fucking sense um and i think i got that advice from before i started doing stand-up i messaged gus khan so shout out to gus khan um man like mobile and that and i said to him i mean it was an off chance i didn't think i'd get a reply just saying i'm starting comedy etc 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 and he actually responded which was like a massive boost for me before my first gig um and and he just said, be you, basically said, be you, do you, do your comedy, do the things you're comfortable with, do the things that you're happy doing, and your audiences will follow you because you're being genuinely you. So everything that I'm doing, whether it's poetry, comedy, podcasts, anything I'm doing is just me. You're not getting a version of me, you're just getting me. Um, and I hope that's shining through. If it's not, tell me, and I'll do nothing about it, because you are getting me. Um, apart from that, enjoy it. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, there's no point in doing it. Which is why I think it's important to take breaks with it as well. So when I'd done a lot of season one, I decided to take a break, record some things for season two, and just take a break from it so that I can make sure that it, it is my best stuff. Um, make sure the, the the conversations that you find them interesting, because if you don't find them interesting, no one's going to realise, no one's going to want to listen to you listening to it, if that makes sense. Um what it has done is make me want to record random conversations with my mates like during this last lockdown i've been on walks with my friends and um wanted to record them because i think this would be a, this would be a sick episode i've had an idea now, a little bit of feedback anyone listen to this tell me what you think having quite serious conversations with my mates whilst we are in games of call of duty so obviously there's the shit that's going off in the game but we're also having a relatively deep conversation as well I've got this in vision. I don't know if it'll work. If you want to hear it, let me know. I'll record one. If it's terrible, you won't ever hear it. It's fine. Um, other thing, take chances. If you're unsure about something working, just take chances and um, we'll see whether, we'll see, you'll see whether it works or not. If it doesn't work, that's fine. You've attempted it and at least you can get that idea out of your head that it might not work. Um, I think that answers the question, Zach. Um, next one, I've actually got another one from Zach. So let's let's just hear what he's got to say for this one. All right, then final question, and not to gas you up too much, but speaking as a friend, the thing or one of the things I admire most about you, there are many things, um, is your ability just to do something. Like as as stupid as that sounds, there's something you want to do, and you will attack it wholeheartedly, and you'll go and do it. And I think for so many people. Uh, myself included there's always you know things that they want to do uh, quite often you know it's a creative outlet they want to learn to I don't know paint or play an instrument or um, you know they want to learn a foreign language in my case I want to learn to produce music um, there's always something you want to do in your life but you know for the majority of people then they'll never actually kind of like take the step to make that happen it might be that it seems so overwhelming and they don't know where to start or you know there's, there's something holding them back but I think you if there's something you want to do, you go out there and you make it happen and you're normally pretty successful in doing that. So what advice do you have for people to, doesn't necessarily have to 
I don't know what happened at the end of that question. I'm assuming that he was just kind of finishing with like not how to fully do it, but just how to get started with it. I'm going to assume. I don't know what happened there. Never mind. Um, I mean, you did gas me up, Zach, so I'm happy about that. Um, do you know what? I'm not even sure what it is. Like, I feel like I've got a lot of supportive networks around me, whether that be my friends, my family. Um, when I started comedy, my girlfriend, um, and just a lot of people that are, that I feel like if anything, if I try anything and it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. Um, like I've really recently got a new job, and loads of people would be they'd, they'd, they'd think you're mad at nearly thirty quitting a stable teaching job to go into a completely different job, which I need to fully retrain for that. I've got no idea what's going on with it. Um, but in my head, I just kind of go, what's the worst that can happen? If I don't, if I try something creative, like when I tried stand up, when I started doing poetry, when I started this, um, what is the worst that could happen? That I, it doesn't work. If I try to learn to paint and it doesn't work, um, I stop painting. Like, to me, that's not a big deal. Um, so that I think that's part of the reason that I just try stuff. But I think one of the other reasons is when I've got these ideas, I've bounced them off my friends. So I know Zach has been on the receiving end of a lot of my bullshit ideas, which I'm pretty sure he sits there sometime and just goes, the fuck are you talking about? Why? why? What's this idea that you've had? I don't even know what you're talking about. And... A lot of my mates are quite, are quite, and my brothers, they're just quite frank with me. If I've written something, like a poem or something, I've sent it to them, and it's shit, they'll just say, that, that's shit, you can do better than that. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's important to have, if you've got people around you that are supporting you, and that you know will support you, but also tell you if it's not your best work, but then also tell you if it's good as well, and you can, and, and those people have to be genuine, like I feel like a lot of people... Not a lot of people I talk to, but some people that I talk to, I'll send them something and they'll just give me some feedback and I'll be like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, that person I've got the next question up, Peasley. Um, again, been on first season, been on the second season. I, can, I know I can send him anything I'm doing and he's going to give me an honest opinion of it. He might think it's it's shit and he'll just say to me, Jay, that, that's shit. Don't don't put that out there in the world. And I've had some poetry bits that I've sent to some of my mates like that, Bridie and Cleo and stuff, and they've just responded to me and been like, I think you need to change that. I don't think that quite works. I don't think that's the right thing that you should be saying there. I don't think that that's what you should be doing at that point there. And um, and it's helpful. It's massively helpful because I feel like it doesn't doesn't like quite give me a safety net, but it just lets me know that I've got people backing me. And plus the other thing I'd say is, um, the, the main bit of advice I'd say is just do it and see what happens. It I never thought I'd write poetry and it's it's genuinely one of the best things I've ever done, doing spoken word and poetry. And I'll, I don't think I'll ever stop. Like, unless my brain stops working, I don't think I'll stop because I love it. Like, really, really love it, and along with the comedy and everything. Um, if there's something that I can help with or that I can give you a bit of advice or feedback on, um, shout me, hit me up. Like, you get me on social media, at Sandu Writes, on all social media platforms. Oh, I feel horrible just saying that. But seriously though, hit me up. 
if obviously if you if you know me you've got my number and stuff just text me whatever ring me if you've got anything that you think i might be able to help with give a bit of advice or even just a little bit of a push in the right direction um let me know and i'll do what i can because um i one thing i wish i did have when i started doing a lot of this is just a couple of people helping if you know i'm mean, not even helping i don't think helping is the right word but just a couple of people that i could bounce ideas off um because i didn't really uh, none of my mates are massively are massive are creatives like before i started doing all of my creative stuff so it was a bit strange for me to go into that but i said just take the risk do it like and if you want like i said if you want an idea if you want a plan to how you can do it and how you can work it through let me know and I'll, i'm sure i'll be able to figure something out and be able to give you a hand um okay so the next question as i mentioned before is from a mate of mine that I used to work with um peasley so give me a second i'll find the right one who is better aquaman or squirrel girl wasn't supposed to be that one but the answer is aquaman because squirrel girl is the worst hero ever to be created in all of heroes and she needs to be snapped out of existence i don't know why you're obsessed with her peasley anyway i think it's this next one if you only had one food that you had to live on for the rest of your life what food would it be and why do you love squirrel girl <laughs> such a twat um one food for the rest of my life Ooh. one food for the rest of my life i think oh no i'm torn i'm really torn because i i love a good burger and i feel like i can you can stack a burger with a lot of different things but i also don't think i can as, as stereotypical as it sounds i cannot live without curry like it's generally one of my favorite dishes um a good curry i, I don't think there's anything better than it um Oh, but then maybe just halloumi in general. You could just... Oh, I could do so much with halloumi. Um, there's Thai food as well. Right. Um, one food. One food. Does plenty. <laughs> no, that's not even funny. Jay, you're supposed to be a comedian. Bullshit. One food forever. I like a good pizza. I do like a good pizza. I also like a shit kebab shop pizza sometimes. Like, they are... Do you know when you're just in the mood and you just want some grease? I don't think there's anything better than that. I'm going to go for a curry. And I'm going to go for curries because there's so many different types of them and so many different flavours. I feel like I'll always be able to have one for the same mood. I mean, do you know what? I actually, when I was younger once, I challenged my mum to make um, curries every day of the week for like two weeks or something she's like oh, you'll get bored of them you you won't get bored of them and that's that is an exact representation of what she sounds like if anyone's wondering and then um, she gave up and i didn't get curries all week and i got bored well she got bored i didn't get bored i was loving it um but yeah anyway next one so yeah anyway the, the, i'm still i'm still not used to this talking to just me there's no humans responding with me but never mind i'm talking going crazy just talking to myself um one food, if I could only eat one food forever, it would be curry. I think that's what you're getting at, P. Probably paneer. Okay, so the next question um, is from another person I used to work with, Kaylee. 
Um, and her question is here. What motivates you to work hard? Ooh, good question. Um, what motivates me to work hard? Um, I mean, I feel like that's a bit of a double-edged sword. Some people will say that they've never seen me work hard in their life. Um, I think part of it is I prefer working smarter than harder. So I will, I'll try not to waste time working on things I don't think are important. Um, but at the same time, there are, I mean, again, people that know me will know like the levels that I kind of can graft at. Um, you know, doing my normal work and then finishing and then doing other stuff till 10, 11 o'clock sometimes. Um, but I suppose there's loads of people to do that, so I'm not I'm not bigging myself up. I'm just saying that, that I think that's what what Kaylee's getting at. Um, what I think it kind of stems from is when I was growing up, I saw both my mum and dad working ridiculously hard, and I mean ridiculously hard um, to the to the point that um, dad's car broke and he was cycling to work every day. He was cycling, dropping me off to school. Um, so when I was at primary school, um, I saw mum working two jobs sometimes um and that's just so that they can they could get everything they that they they could give us everything that they wanted to give us um and i think that kind of graft has rubbed off on me like i see it as like a, if you want something if you want to to do something or you've got a goal set in mind you have to work for it um, and I know that because I've had goals that I've not hit because I haven't worked hard enough for them. So um, I think the motivation's there from it rubbing off on me from my parents. And then also, I'd like to think I've got a green, lent green, lent lenten green lantern level of will just to get stuff done. In fact, especially if I'm aiming for something and I'm trying to do something. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of... that's that for me what a lot of the motivation is and I think if I'm talking in terms of school obviously being a former um, school teacher a lot of the motivation for me working with the kids is because um, I want to make a difference for them um, as cheesy as that sounds I do and I, and I still do in the new job that I'm doing um, and after speaking to some after I've, after they've left school they've said to me how much of a difference it's made and it's been good to know that I have been able to do that and I think that's a really important thing for me that if I know I'm doing something that's making a change and a difference I'll carry on doing it, um, whether that's a change in the difference for other people or whether it's a change in the difference for myself. Um, but yeah, that, 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 and you know what, actually, completely unintentionally, that segues really nicely into what I was going to have as the last question for this episode, which is from a former pupil, Ellie Fletcher, um, and her question to me was, what, my, what is my favourite memory of being a teacher? Um, and... I think there's loads. I think I think there is loads of them that I could have from little moments in classrooms to big moments as well. Um, seeing certain kids succeed when a lot of people had written them off, seeing people come back from literally a week away from permanent exclusions to winning awards to winning awards for being the hardest working kid in year 11. Um, seeing kids grow from when you meet them in year seven 
to becoming pretty much adults, some of them, by the time they leave. Um, whether that be leave at 16 or leave at 18 to go to university, I mean, it makes me feel very old knowing that some kids that I've taught are now, like, finished university, in university, they're like actual adults and stuff. Um, but if I'm going for one singular memory, um, I think it's when I left my first teaching, my first proper teaching job. Um, and it was right on the last, my last day, last day of, of school, because I had a year 11 tutor group, so they were leaving. And um, they'd got me a like a joint present, my tutor group, along with like a couple of adopted tutees. And um, they'd got me this present and they said I needed to come out to the front of school to to receive the present. Because apparently I wasn't allowed to receive it in the in this in this sanctity 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 sanctuary I can speak sanctuary that was my classroom my little safe space they wanted me out in the front of the school where everyone was but obviously for some weird reason I obliged I was like okay it's fine you're doing it um and I remember they got the bag and they handed me the bag really angrily they was like here you go it's your it's your present sir and I was like okay, I'm really confused about this. Um, why are you so angry handing me my like leaving present that I think you lot have all like chipped in for? And um, and, <laughs> and I, I took it out and it was a, it was a Liverpool top. Um, do you know what, actually? It's this Liverpool top. Give me a sec, I'll show you. Um, and they got me a Liverpool top and I was like, Oh my god, this is incredible. Um, I'm a giant Liverpool fan as well, if you hadn't gathered that. I mean, we won't get into what's happening at the minute in the football. But, yeah, still a red, always be a red. Um, and I pulled it out, and some of them were so annoyed. I couldn't I couldn't for the life of me understand why. And I was I was getting a bit emotional. I was like, what is, what is this? Like, why are they so angry for? Um, and I pulled it out, and... Do you know what, I'll just, I think I'll just show you. I pulled it out and I'll show you, I'll show you the shirt. Give me this a This is the shirt. And um, that is what it says on the back. Now, I don't know if you can read that, but it says Sangu, not Sandu. Um, so one of them had got their, like, auntie or their grandma or something to pick up the, the shirt and they'd, they'd printed my name wrong and the, the, the grandparent or whatever just collected it and gave it to me. And... Um, and I was kind of glad because I'm not going to lie, I was dead emotional. I was near tears because I was like, this is, this is massive. They've like, collected it all together. Um, got 17 on the back, which is the year that I left. And, and it was, yeah, it was my tutor group. I'd had them for four years and I'd watched them all grow. And this was their like leaving present for me. And, um, and the fact that they'd spelt my name wrong just made me laugh. And I also think it gave me such a, such a story that whenever anyone asks me a question like this, it is always this story. And it, and I think it adds to this shirt, that story and the moment and everything makes it even more special. Um, and I also think it is the most that school story that you could have, but I love it and I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, and so yeah, anyone that is watching or listening that went to must went to that school I still got it. I still wear it. I play football in it. I get questions all the time about. I didn't realise your name was Sangu. I thought it was Sandu, and I'm like it is. But long story, don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, Ellie, I think that is my que that is the answer to that question. That is my favourite 
memory of being a teacher obviously along with helping a lot of the kids as well but that's the one that springs to mind when you ask that question um so i will end that there because it's only going to be a quick one for this first one i have got loads of other questions that i am planning to answer later on in the series or later on um yeah in this series probably towards the end maybe in the middle or something like that if you've got any other questions that you'd like to know either log on to the podcast page anchor.co.uk forward slash jchats i should know this be link in the description um uh, or just voice note me and i'll sort it out um or just text me send it me and i'll and i'll collate it as well and apart from that thank you very much for listening to the first episode um there's more to come there's some really good episodes this season um oh, i'm gonna have to don't forget to like share and subscribe comment and all that shit i mean i mean if you don't want to don't i couldn't give a fuck um but if, if you have enjoyed it let me know if there's anything bad let me know um but yeah i hope you've listened to that this is my first foray of me trying shit to a camera on youtube Rock or hate. um but yeah thank you very much season two jump off let's go